Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or the Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, I'm bringing you guys Week 7 tight end rankings for fantasy football in 2020. We are going to be discussing my top 20 tight ends for week number 7 of the 2020 NFL season in this video. We are going to be discussing why I have them ranked at each given spot inside this video, as well as talk about their matchup and all types of things that go into the ranking. So before I get into it, I'd like to ask that if you guys do at any point inside this video, you end up having a great time, to please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. Not only is it free, I put out content every single day to help you guys win your 2020 Fantasy Football Championship. And real quick, I'd like to give you guys a word from my friends and my sponsor over at OverlayDFS.com. OverlayDFS.com also offers something different than the matchup shop. This is the Week 7 shootout under the Progressive Games. It is very simple. All you have to do is pick five player versus player matchups. Who scores more fantasy points, Matt Ryan or Drew Brees, Big Ben or Ryan Tannehill, so on and so forth, and then order them in order of importance and how good you think they are going to do, because if the guy's at the top at five, you get the most points, lowest at one, you'd get the most points for that being correct. So you want to make sure the one you're least confident in is at the bottom. It's very simple. You can make a whole lot of money out of this. This is an $11 entry one, but there's uh, entries at every single price. First place gets $500 and top 10% wins $50. So make sure you guys check this out. OverlayDFS.com, link down below in the description. And we are back. Please make sure you guys check out OverlayDFS.com. Link down below in the description. Let's get into it. Week 7 tight end rankings. We begin at tight ends 1 through 12. Coming in at number 1, the big uno, Travis Kelsey going up against the Denver Broncos. Now, it's hard to kind of rank Travis Kelsey and George Kittle on a weekly basis because those guys pretty much, unless one of their, their arms has fallen off, they're going to be the one and two guys every single week. This week, Travis Kelsey comes in at number one in this matchup up against the Denver Broncos. Now, the Denver Broncos locked up the Patriots like their name was Bobby Schmurter. They were stuck back there. They could not escape, but Travis Kelsey, on the other hand, he's simply built different than the Denver Broncos tight ends. If I, or not the Denver Broncos tight end, the Patriots tight end because they have Ryan fucking Izzo. Who the hell is that guy in reality? Travis Kelsey is one of the best tight ends in the NFL, and Patrick Mahomes is going to get him very involved in this in-division matchup up against the Denver Broncos. That's why I got him clocked in at number one on the weekend. Number two, we have George Kittle going up against the New England Deflatriots. Now I know the Patriots are going to be deflating some balls on Sunday to try to get Jimmy G a bit thrown off, but this is a Jimmy Garoppolo certified revenge game, and George Kittle regardless of the matchup, just simply looks like a beast on a weekly basis. The Patriots normally do figure out how to shut down one motherfucker on a team when they played the Raiders a couple of weeks ago after Darren Waller absolutely blew the back out of the Saints. I think it was week two. Week three, they played up against the Raiders, and Darren Waller was locked up, couldn't do anything, but I think here in this matchup, George Kittle will be able to get free, since I don't really think the New England defense is amazing. Or, it's pretty solid, but it's not like what it could have been, obviously. Had a bunch of guys not opted out. At number three, we have Darren Edadub W. Waller, the Walrus, going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady on Sunday. Now, there are some big worries about Darren Waller coming into this game. Not about Darren Waller's health, not about his quarterback's health, but about the offensive line's health. Apparently, all the starters on the offensive line, every single one of these motherfuckers, has the big Rona and may not be able to play on Sunday. That doesn't sound very good for the quarterback. Now, if you're thinking about it, Maybe you can spin this situation, do a straight-up mental gymnastics into thinking the O-line is going to be bad, so they need to throw it to the guy standing closest to the quarterback, which is either going to be Josh Jacobs or probably Darren Waller, you would think, right? Because he's the tight end. He'll probably just be standing over there. So you could do some mental gymnastics and give yourself the, the mental capacity to think, 
you know what? Darren Waller's going to be good this week. So that's the mental gymnastics I've done. I've done the leap. I've done the pole vault. I've done all this shit. I'm walking on the beam. Mental gymnastics here for Darren Waller to be good. There's obviously worries with that. The fact that Derek Carr may get put into a fucking grave because his offensive line doesn't block for him, just like his brother David Carr had in Houston. Shout out to David Carr, one of the worst quarterbacks in NFL history, but not his fault because that offensive line sucked. I know what you might be wondering, Nick, that guy played in like the early 2000s. You're only 20 years old. How do you know that? It's because my dad told me, and I watched a bunch of videos of this man getting sacked in the backfield. And number four, we have Hunter Henry going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, Hunter Henry has not been the greatest, but Justin Herbert the pervert or Horsecock Herbert, he's kind of been promoted from Herbert the pervert to Horsecock Herbert due to his playing. Him and Hunter Hunter Henry are a connection like none other. It's like milk and cereal. It's like beer and a red solo cup. It's like me and you guys, because I love you guys. We're an all-time connection here, like fucking Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey, or like Tom Brady to Rob Gronkowski. That's the type of connection we got here, and Hunter Henry has been eating some straight-up W's in fantasy football, and up against the Jacksonville Jaguars, a soft team. These guys are Charmin Ultra Soft at the defensive position. I think Hunter Henry could be in for a big one in this game. Number five, we have TJ God going up against the Atlanta Falcons. Now, TJ Hawkinson did a complete and utter fucking 180 from what he was last year. Last year, this guy could not stay consistent if you fucking paid this man to. He'd have a game where he fucking blew the back out of a team. Actually, he only had one game where he did that. Then the rest of the season, he was complete and utter dog shit. Now, he's been rolling, rolling, rolling like 10 plus PPR points a game, so why not believe in him here? Again, up against against the Atlanta Falcons when Matthew Stafford is in for a bounce back game after a not so hot showing last week. At number six, we have Roberto Tanyan going up against the Houston Texans in Houston. Now, Robert Tanyan is the most unexpected tight end to be good in fantasy football because legitimately no one drafted him. Normally, that late round tight end that hits, people are drafting him. That's why they're the late round tight end. Maybe a guy like Waller yet last year, a guy like Mark Andrews last year, right? Those guys were drafted and they hit. This motherfucker, Robert Tanya, no one had any idea who he was. He was stuck behind Jay Sternberger. And then the Green Bay Packers did a carousel of tight end. And then randomly, Robert Tanya emerged as that guy. And this guy's been balling up against the Houston Texans in what I believe to be a bounce-back game for the Green Bay Packers. I think Robert Tanya's going to light up the stat sheet for fantasy football. Number seven, we have Jared Cook going up against the Carolina Panthers. And with Michael Thomas out and with Emmanuel Sanders out, we are going to see a heavy dosage of two men on this team. And that is Alvin Kamara and Jared Cook. Jared Cook isn't necessarily on a weekly basis playing amazing but with this situation he is in for a good spot here I like him here at number seven at number eight we have Jimmy Graham going up against the LA Rams and it's so weird having Jimmy Graham inside of the top 10 at tight end in 2020 you think of Jimmy Graham as the great tight end from like the 2013 2014 2015 that time 2012 even 20 yeah 2012 When I was really young, he was really fucking good. And then he sucked fat hog the last couple of years. And then 9-inch Nick Foles moseyed on into town, whipped his fucking hog out, put it on the table and said, Jimmy Graham, this one's for you. And he's been throwing the ball to Jimmy Graham all types of time, moving up the field, throwing tutties, all that jazz, Oshamataz, up against the LA Rams. This is kind of a tougher matchup, but Graham has been so involved that it's hard to rank him outside of the top 10. At number 9, we have Robert Gronkowski going up against the Las Vegas Raiders. Now... They add Antonio Brown. Not going to be playing this week. Can play, not next week either, can play week nine, I believe. So that has no effect on this game. Robert Gronkowski has actually looked good last game. He was actually involved. He scored a goddamn fucking touchdown. He hit him with the Gronk spikeola that you're used to from the past. So what is going to happen? What's the MO now for Rob Gronkowski? 
is it top 10 tight end, or does he go back to what he's been in the past where he wasn't really getting that many targets? Probably the latter, the second option, where he returns and fades back away like Michael Jordan. Like, you know, Michael Jordan fade away, you get it? He kind of, that was a terrible joke, I guess, because I had to explain the joke. Okay, but Robert Gronkowski, I don't feel like he's going to return to being shit, but it just seems like he has been since out of a sample size of all the games they've played, he's only been good in one of them, but... But, but, he's Rob Gronkowski, so you're going to rank him here in the top 10, and if he falls off the edge of the earth again, you know what you do? You just hit him with the yeet right back onto the fucking waivers, where he's been probably for a majority of this season. At number 10, we have Dalton Schultz of the 10, or not of the Denver Broncos, of the Dallas Cowboys going up against the Washington football team. Now, Dalton Schultz and Andy Dalton, they got the Dalton to Dalton connection. Dalton squared on the field, and Dalton Schultz has been very heavily used thus far this season after we saw saw the sad injury early in the season to their starting tight end, Blake Jarwin. Now, Dalton Schultz isn't the second coming of fucking Rob Gronkowski. He's not Travis Kelsey 2.0. He's not any of these guys, but he's on a team where they're going to have to be throwing the ball often in these games because they get down. Even with Dak, they were getting down because the defense sucks a fucking hog during the game. In reality, with Andy Dalton, it's going to be even worse. They're going to have to be throwing the ball all over the yard all game long. And I think Dalton Schultz is going to be very involved here up against the Washington football team. Number 11, we have Hayden Hurst, my guy, up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, Hayden Hurst is in the first half of the game. This motherfucker looks like Houdini. Does nothing. Jack shit in the first half of pretty much every game. And then in the second half, this guy arises from the from the deep depths and flies up to do something and score a touchdown later in the game. So I'm not saying Hayden Hurst has been amazing this year, but his touchdown ability and the fact that they fired Dan Quinn, that stupid bastard, and the offense actually looks good, I like Hayden Hurst this week, even up against a tough Pittsburgh defense. That's kind of why he's at number 11. And closing out in the top 12, we have Janu Smith going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, the only issue with Janu Smith and why he's ranked so low is... Real quick, sorry to go back. Hayden Hurst actually is playing up against the Detroit Lions. They're both not playing up against the fucking Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know why I didn't notice that when I was talking about it. The reason why Hurst is ranked so low is not really the matchup, like I said, if he was playing up against Pittsburgh. It's really just the fact that he's really touchdown dependent at this point, but I still believe in him due to the fact that they fired Dan Quinn and that his potential is much higher now, in my opinion, due to that, and that Matt Ryan's probably like calling his own plays and doing whatever the fuck he wants because it's an interim head coach. So with that said, sorry about that issue, obviously. Uh, I apologize. At number 12, we have Janu Smith, and he's actually going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, the reason why he's ranked so low, again, is due to the injury. Does he end up playing on Sunday right now? It's an unknown. We're going to be talking about his backup a little bit later, and I'll go in-depth with that. But if Janu Smith ends up playing, even in this very tough matchup up against the Steel Curtain defense, I think Janu Smith is just so involved in this offense with Ryan Tannehill that I would find it very hard to sit Janu Smith down. Now on to tight ends 13 through 20, so if you guys have ended up enjoying this video thus far, please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. Number 13, we have Noah Fant versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Now it appears that Noah Fant is going to be playing on Sunday. He's been banged up all week long, but he has gotten the nod by the coach to go ahead and play this week. And sorry if it fucking keeps sounding like I probably ripped ass or something. It's because my chair is squeaky as a motherfucker. At number 14, we have Eric Ebron going up against the Tennessee Titans. Now, last week, I had you guys avoid the Eric Ebron trap. This motherfucker was like in Indiana Jones when the guy, Indiana Jones himself, takes the fucking gold thing off the thing, and then the ball comes rolling down. Eric Ebron pretty much was that gold thing. It was the trap. And a lot of people bought into it. Even I talked myself into it. I did enough mental gymnastics that I was kind of on him by Sunday's live stream. 
but I should have listened to the fucking angel on my shoulder that told me, Nick, Eric Ebron is not very good, and Big Ben is very hit or miss at targeting the tight end. In the past... There was a tight end on the team whose name is escaping me when I was much younger, like 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015, who was very good, and Ryan, not Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Big Ben was really targeting him, but as of recently, he hasn't been that big of a tight end guy, so I'm not really too sure. I don't think Eric Ebron's going to have all that big of a game, but he does have the touchdown upside on a pretty good team in the Pittsburgh Steelers. At number 15, we have Darren Fells going up against the Green Bay Packers. Now, with Aikens out again, Darren Fells gets another opportunity and another crack at it to be a solid tight end for fantasy football. He definitely has a lot of upside here up against the Cheeseheads, and I like Darren Fells a decent amount as tight end number 15 at 16. Man, oh man, what a shame for Tyler Higby thus far this season. Earlier in the week, I was kind of vibing with Tyler Higby, kind of feeling like this matchup might be all right for him, but up against the Bears, I'm not trusting it. Gerald Everett gets into some games. Tyler Higby is not as effective as he was at the end of last year, which was pretty easy to predict, but I was still kind of on him because I thought the Rams offense would be pretty solid, and they are, but this matchup up against the Chicago Bears just screams stay away, so I'm no longer really on Tyler Higby. At 17, we have Anthony Fersker, or Ferkser going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's the backup for Janu Smith, was very heavily involved with Ryan Tannehill last week, so I think Anthony Ferkser is definitely worthy of a start given he plays, or given Janu Smith does not play. But if Janu Smith plays, I'm fading Anthony Ferkser out. That's kind of why he's back here. And number 17 and number 18, we have Logan Thomas going up against the Dal-ass Cowboys. Now, he has not been very involved at all with Alex Smith. He was more of a guy earlier in the season that looked pretty good with Dwayne Haskins. But now, without him, there's definitely some worries. Definitely a touchdown to bend at tight end. And number 19, we have David Njoku. This motherfucker's back on the screen because he's playing up against the Cincinnati Bengals. And Austin Hoop God Hooper is out for the game. So, and David Njoku makes his return here. Now, earlier in the offseason, I thought this motherfucker was going to get traded somewhere because he probably wanted to get out of there after they brought in Hooper. They don't trade him. Now he's the starter on the team again. Up against the Bengals, there's definitely some high upside, but Baker is limited with his ribs still hurting. I mean, before the game pretty much last week, he said, Mom ain't raised no wuss, or pretty much Mom ain't raised no bitch. I'm going to go out there and play. And he looked like dog shit like Odell would want straight on his chest. Shout out to his teammate. But David Njoku over here, Will look solid in this game. I just worry about Baker kind of being injured, and I just don't know how involved he'll be. I think he should be involved. Realistically, he should be involved, but I just don't know. And at number 20, we have fake man Drew Sample going up against the Cleveland Browns. Drew Sample had his coming out party week two up against the Cleveland Browns on Thursday Night Football after CJ Uzma ended up getting hurt. So maybe, just maybe, Drew Sample has a revitalized season, a revitalized game here up against the Cleveland Browns. So thank you guys all for watching this video. If at any point you did end up enjoying, please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. I love each and every single one of you motherfuckers. We're edging in here on 10,000 subscribers. It means the world to me that we've even gotten this far. And I'll see you guys later in another banger of a video. Have a great rest of your guys' day. As always, overlaydfs.com. Good boy!